also um, apologies, um, a lot of singing the Shabbos, so um, I'm, my voice isn't quite what it should be. Um, just a quick summary um, of what we're up to so far. In the first year, we said that there are three res- three levels of responsibility that um, that we have. Firstly, as human beings, then as Jews, and then as Bnei Torah. Um, and the, the and we were discussing what our responsibilities are as human beings. Talking about the two main categories, Lovda and Lashomra. Um, how Lashomra is um, to conserve um, and to to maintain both uh, um, in terms of keeping things as they are, but also as a guard of honor. Um, and also talking about how Hakarish Baruch was boss. In the second year, we then moved on and talked about um, Le'ovdor, um, and we discussed um, how that either means just to maintain, to keep what it is, or to perfect and go above and beyond. Um, we mentioned then how working is actually a value and not just a source of pranasa, why we should be working, um, how the, th- the three main reasons, psychological, social, but also fundamentally religious, um, how working is a divi- divine mandate, talks a bit about hedonism, and the strive to do um, di- uh, to pursue divrei chokhma, matters of wisdom. Now, I'd like to begin with, there was a very good question asked by um, Mr. Sobel last week. Um, he said, ah, but we've just said that pranasa, um, and working, so the working isn't just for Pranasa, that really um, we should be working, um, that's a value in of itself. But don't we have in Pirkei Avot, um, it says that um, a person you know, should only really um, work in order to feed himself. And what about in the Sisharam as well? So I had a quick look through them both. Um, and I found the relevant, the, the, the Mishnahs, which I think are most relevant. Um, I just want to go through a couple of them um, quite briefly. Um, the first one is Pirkei Avot, Perek Aleph, Mishnah Yud. The person should um, should love their work. Um, just to discuss here, what does it mean? A person should love labor, love, that they should love work. Um, for great is the, is the value of labor. It, um, it bestows a blessing upon man. And even for a person um, who needs not work for um, for a livelihood, it is best that he um, is occupied um, with some labor than be idle. For idleness leads and um, breeds senselessness. And then quote um, Rabbi Nathan Perek um, Yudalif, um, that a person who has no um, work to hand, what should he do? If he um, has a desolate courtyard or field, then he should attend to them. And just as Torah um, was given through a Brit, through a covenant, um, so too labor um, is a covenant. As it says, um, Six days you shall do labor, and on the seventh um, day shall be um, the Sabbath for Hashem your Lord. Um, even Adam did not taste anything. That, um, any did not taste anything until he performed his work, as it says in Bereshit, Perak Bet and Pasuk Tedvav. And he put Adam um, to work in Gan Eden and um, to keep it. And then only afterwards, in the next Pasuk, does it say, um, "From every tree in the garden um, shall you eat freely." Um, so this um, Mishnah um, in Pirkei Avot very clearly says, black and white, um, you should love work. It's something which is essential. It's something which you should. Um, really attend to. Um, and again, if there's any questions, do feel free to to, to jump in. Um, the next one, which I'm just going through, pick up Parag Bet Mishnah Bet. Um, just for those who joined um, last week, there was a question asking about um, is work a value in itself, or is it just a source of pranasa? And there was a question, but doesn't Pirkeavot and Mishnah Sharon disagree? Um, so we're just going through a couple of the to actually see what what they what they say. Um, so we just saw a Mishnah in Pirkei Avot um, that 
um, which seemingly says that work is highly valuable, a person should enjoy it, a um, person should, should love it, and that's something which is very important. Um, the next one, which, which really um, fits in with, with what we're going to be discussing um, soon, Rabashim Rabban Gamliel ben Rabbi Yehuda Anasi Omer, Yafeta Motora Em Terecheret, and Vigita Shnehem Shachal Avon, how great is Talmud Torah, along with worldly occupation um, for exertion, both causes sin to be forgotten. And this is a key line. Any time when there is Torah learning without malacha, without labor, without work, ultimately his learning um, comes for naught, it ends up being built up, goes for nothing, and also it causes sin. That seemingly Torah and um, learning both need each other. Um, the Bartonora explains um, that um, why? Because Torah kind of like saps a person's mental strength, while work crushes a person's physical strength, um, and therefore eliminates both types of urges. Um, it was evil, um, the Yitzhar on, on both fronts. Others comment that while all aspects um, of sin um, thereby are removed from man, um, inasmuch as Torah teaches him to avoid it, and as much livelihood. Um, and prevents him from needing to be deceitful, um, seeing that he earns his bread in honest labor. Rashi comments similarly, um, by occupying himself um, with study of Torah in gainful employment and um, for his livelihood, um, he neither um, covets nor seizes um, the property um, of others. In other words, Torah and learning really should be going, um, Torah time with Torah and working should really go hand in hand and they complement each other and really you can't have one without the other. Um, in the same parak, parak bet, Mishnah, hey, uh, don't worry, there's only, there's only a couple of these. Um, <clears throat> where is it? Here we go. Um, towards the end of the Mishnah, it says, V'lochol hamarbe bis amchora makir. Um, that a person should not engage um, in their business um, too, too much. He's saying that a person cannot achieve, um, cannot um, strive for wisdom unless that person is able to, unless that, if that person is engaged in too much business. Now, the emphasis on this is too much. It's a matter of excess. And again, what we're talking about here is balance. And we're saying that if you're going too much to one side, you're not going to have an opportunity to learn. But I don't think that's that's um, that's very much um, making that's very much in the lashon. I'm um, called hamarabe. Somebody who works excessively um, won't be able. Somebody who overworks won't be won't be able to become wise. Um, rather than making the argument that the person won't um, shouldn't shouldn't be learning at all. I think though that what's um, the the main missioner in question is missioner Perak um, uh, Perak Dalid, missioner either Yud or Yud Bet, depending on which variation you're going according to. Rebbe Meir. Now, Rebbe Meir was, um, he's quoted a number of times in Perkei Avot, and he was very much in, um, very much pushed um, for Talmud Torah, and um, if you if you read what he um, what he wrote, he, he's very much in, in, in um, pushing for that. And this is the main one. Rebbe Meir Omer. Have a me'at ba'osek. A person should um, reduce the amount of business activity. And he should therefore increase his amount of um uh, his Torah, um, essentially. Now, this could be referring to one of two things. Either this could be referring to time. That either you're spent, that you say you should spend as little hours as you can doing um, um, working, and then you can maximize the amount of time as possible learning. Now, w one thing which I, which a number of the um, Mefarshim say um, on this 
is it has to be that the reason why it some some Mepharshim interpret this as saying this is Mamish talking about time and you should reduce the amount of time. However, it has to be that you're reducing the amount of time you're working, Mamish in order, so that you can maximize the amount of time you're learning. However, there are some people, and I know a lot of these people, who reduce the amount of time that they're, they're working because either it's too much effort or because of laziness. Um, again, Lashon of the Mepharshim. Um, and if you then say, oh, now I've got this free time, now I'll learn, that doesn't count. Mamish, you have to do it in order uh, in order to learn. However, there are some Mepharshim, um, I believe Baratunor is one of them, who says, no, 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 it's not talking about how much time you're giving. The question is, what is Ikar and what's Tafa? What is primary to you and what is secondary to you? He's saying you should reduce um, your business, not just not in terms of time, but in terms of how important it is to you. It should be something which is um, somewhat secondary. Why? Because Torah is something which is the most important. Torah comes, Torah is on top, so to speak. Um, and 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 I've 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 really seen um, people who are like this who who essentially say um, I'm not um, I sit down and I spend my day in the base midrash. Okay, I need to go outside for five minutes and pick you know go go and pick up some food for something. Okay, but I'm in the base midrash. Um, I just had to step outside for a second. If I'm in the base midrash, but something comes up, then I'll now I'll step outside. I need to go quickly and have lunch, but I'm in the base midrash. If I'm in the base of Midrash all day, again, I need to pop outside for eight hours and go and work, but I'm in the base of Midrash. And it's talking about the mindset that a person has rather than the amount of um, actual time on, on the watch. Um, so it's be how many hours on the clock are you um, in the base of Midrash versus how, how long are you in, um, versus how long are you actually um, working. By the way, um, this is a really um, important um, idea when it comes to a person being in yeshiva. Um, I, get, uh, I, I already gave my how to pick yeshiva shmooze. Um, I think I might do something um, in, towards the end of the year about you know, advice once you're actually there. Um, but one of the things is to make your default place the base of Midrash. They say I'm always in the base of Midrash unless, okay, I need to make a phone call. I need to you know, go to bed. I need to um, you know, go and have some lunch. I need to go and do something. Um, but always make your default place in the base of Midrash. That way, if um, uh, a shir is cancelled, your harusha isn't there, it's, you, know, you have an off Shabbos and you don't have anything scheduled at that time, um, you know, you've got some free time, whether that's because you know, Friday they don't have something scheduled, um, automatically by default you're in the base of Midrash and you can really accumulate a lot of extra time um, that way. So again, there is definitely two valid ways of reading that Mishnah. Um, it is the opinion of Rebbe Meir. Um, but but and but again, there is definitely an opinion that says the Rebbe Mayor isn't talking about time. He's talking about what's uh, how do you value it? How do you see it? What's primary and what's secondary? Um, the next one and the final one um, is Perik Vav Pasuk uh, Mishnah Dalad. I can find it. This Mishnah is talking about um, to the extent of how poor a person a person can be. Even if a person is so poor, such that they can only afford to eat bread with salt, and they only drink a little bit of water, and they, they have to sleep on the ground, they don't even have a pillow, um, you still need to be learning. You still need to be learning in that case. Now, I've heard um, people quote this, um, this Mishnah and say, what does that mean? This means a person should learn so much and work so little to the point that they can't even afford a pillow. That person is obligated, that person should be living a life um, for the sake of Torah, of absolute poverty and, and, and being destitute. And this is not um, how um, I, I think that this Mishnah um, should be read. In fact, this, um, uh, there are couple, quite a few of them from him and disagree with this reading of the Mishnah. In spite of all this misery, it's not speaking proscriptively, this is what you should do. It's speaking descriptively, this is, even if this is the case. 
Rashi adds in the words, Vapopi. Um, this is in spite of all of your misery, you must still um, devote yourself to, to Torah, you must still keep mitzvot and you must still learn. Rashi comments, even if um, you have nothing to eat but bread and, and salt, you still have a chiv to, uh, to, to learn Torah. Um, so it's not saying you should be so poor that you can't, that you, but because of your learning, but even if you're so poor that you can't, um, that you can barely feed yourself, you, sh you still have a chiv um, to learn something. Oh. Um, and many other Mepharshim actually take this opportunity not to speak darker about the poor, but to talk about the rich, saying that rich people, um, often they become so um, over, um, they're constantly working to, 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 to feed their hunger for, for leisure and pleasure and all, all these other luxuries that they have, and they're so addicted to that, um, that, that a person doesn't have time for learning, a person neglects their Torah studies. Um, in order to, to um, satisfy the excessive ex um, expenses um, of their lifestyle. And therefore, um, this Mishnah, um, according to, to, to Rashi and many of the Mepharshim, isn't saying you should learn to the point that you're absolutely destitute, but rather for the people who are on either end of the economic spectrum, both the very poor and the very rich, saying you aren't um, part of from, from, from learning just because of your economic situation. Um, so I hope that answers the question in terms of Pirkei Avot. Um, in terms of Messiah Sisharim, there are um, a number of references um, he talks a lot about being very ethical in business, um, about how you shouldn't, you shouldn't steal a person's time, about how, um, um, where was it? Who was it, rather? Um, Abba, um, where's his name? Abba um, um, Chalkia. Um, he, would, he wouldn't even return, um, you know, the Tamil Chachamim would walk past him and wish him um, Shalom Aleichem whilst he was wor working, and, and he would just give the absolute bare minimum response because he didn't want to waste um, the time of, of his employer because he's, you know, he's being paid for his time and he didn't want to um, waste time doing, um, doing other things. Um, but essentially what the, um, the Mr. Shrine says, I think it fundamentally comes back down to that mission we mentioned with, with Rebbe Meir, that um, he, do, he does quote at times, for example, he quotes um, um, Shlomo HaMelech um, from, I believe it's Mishlei, and this is Perik, um, well, Sikh Perik, talking about his results. Um, where um, he says, um, if a person uh, doesn't work, a person isn't working, he is considered to be the brother of the destroyer. Why? Because even though he hasn't actually destroyed something himself, he don't think he's so far. Rather, he's considered to be a brother and a comrade, an associate of the destroyer. Why? Because a person who, sh who had the opportunity to build and then chose not to, versus a person where there was something that existed and then destroyed it, in both situations, there should be, uh, by the end of the day, there, sh there should be something there, and there isn't. And as a consequence, the Messiah Sharon says that by refraining from working when you otherwise could, it's either you destroyed what would have been there in the first place. Um, He then goes on and, and talk and quotes Gemara's in um, Lamed Gimel, um, um, Ahmed Aleph of Shabbos, and also Ketuvah stuff, um, Nun Tet on the Bet, um, talking about um, what we mentioned last week that if a person doesn't work and a person doesn't do any, uh, isn't um, involved in, in, in anything, then um, in anything at all, and then that person will end up idle and it causes mental illness, it, refers, it goes to immorality, you end up with, with theft and, and various other things. Um, and really speaks quite harshly of that. Um, what he then goes on to, um, to say, if I can just find it very quickly, 
Amnon Chachmenu Zichron Lebracha, that Chacham um, say. Um, again, this is going to be um, just quote, quoted a couple of the Mishnahs um, in Pirkei Avot that we that we saw, but now quotes the Mishnah um, um, that, that we that we just saw the very first one. Um, Pirkei Avot Perak Aleph um, Mishnah Yud. Asher Amharanu Vehidrich Rich Chunu Am Tamid B'Darche Amet. Um, you know the Tamil Chachamim um, who always taught about um, how to live, um, and who always taught us and guided us about the correct path. Amru, they said, and A person should love Malacha, and they should hate the Rabbanot. Uh, this is referring to authority. What this means is something else. Um, but a lot of people like to um, to make um, jokes regarding the Rabbanot in Israel, the the, the Heksha, um, but not going into that now. Um, it then goes on um and it also says in, in Psachim um Daf um Kuf um Yud Gimel Amud Aleph um Bishat um Nevelta um Bashuka um that a person should um should um fly a carcass um in the market in order to earn a living and Vlotim um Gavra Rabana a person should not turn around and say I'm too distinguished, I'm a, I'm a Cohen. Um, um Kanana that I'm too important um to be um in, in the what to be working. This is beneath me, I, I'm greater than this. Um and also says in Bava Basra Daf Kuf Yodamad Alef, um Laolam Yaba Adam Um Abuda, um Shahu Um Zarala. Um a person um should always employ himself um in work that is unusual um for someone like him to do. Vali um um Istarech um um Labriot. Um that and rather um he should be um he should be uh, rather than be dependent on, on, on other people. And the context of this is that he was talking about people who refuse to work and they um, just live their lives with their hands in the stucker box. And he speaks very, very badly um, of those people. Um, but essentially um, what the um, what the Mrs. Sharon um, is saying here is that a person shouldn't think, say, oh, I'm so great that I don't need to work. I'm such a such such a um, I'm such a girdle. I'm such a um, sadik. I, I don't need to learn. Uh, I don't need to learn. Finally, in um, Perak Kafalif, um, talking about um, Perak um, Kinyan Chasidot, I think it's called. Um, he says, "Ela derech amiti, who derech shel chasidim." What's really? What should a person really? How should they really live their life? Unlike um, the way of the derech of the chasidim, um, harishonim osim um, toratan ikar, because they make their um, Torah ikar, they make that the primary part of their life. Um, and but however their work is then going to be secondary he's not saying don't work he's not saying minimize the amount of work um, even or saying that work is not important but rather what he is saying is is that it simply comes secondary um, to um, it comes secondary compared to um, compared to Torah now um, I'll just end with this when it comes to halakhic discussions, lemaisa, at the end of the day, what do you actually do? There's often your, um, you have to go one way or the other. It's kind of a fork, and there's, it's either you're, you're, you're going like rubber or you're going like a bite. You're going like the, you know, shokhanak or the ramai. You can't necessarily go like both. However, when it comes to matters which are more hashkafic uh, and matters which are more um, values rather than actual um, fu- fundamental halakhic concrete ideas, um, what's, um, it's it's all about having kind of a pull um, and, and and push off both sides so that you can find a happy medium. Now, just as a fun exercise, if you hold out your finger and you try and hold it exactly in one place, it's it's actually very hard. Can you see my fingers jittering around quite a bit? So if I try to move it slowly across, it kind of bounces left and right. That's not just a screen, but that's happening in real life. But if I apply force going that way, and with this finger I apply force going the other way, I can move it with tremendous precision going across. 
I don't know if you guys want to try that, but it's quite a cool trick. But the but when it comes to the values, it's, it's very much true in real life as well. That if you have, it's not just enough just to say, okay, this is where I want to be and that's where I am. You need to have one tension, one, one idea pushing you this way and another one going that way. And then the balance, you can find exactly the right position. Of course, to learn to own, we're going to be discussing this mainly next week. Um, to be learning is, of course, something very, very important. But also working is also something that is tremendously important. And by having these two, not necessarily contradictory, but um, to have these two values um, um, next to each other will hopefully, hopefully provide the kind of tension that will allow us um, to find precision, um, to find the exact right balance. Any questions? Okay, well, just had a quick comment here. Okay. Um, okay, so let's move on with the um, with the ship. So just very quickly before we, um, um, the way I, what I want to talk about now is talking about um, what happened. We, we've had the universal responsibilities and now we're talking about the local um, and we're going to be moving on to responsibilities as Jews and within Torah. So what happens when those potentially contradict? Um, the entire discussion that we've had so far um, makes it an assumption that subsequent to the Jewish and uh, the, the, to Bnei Israel's Kriyat Brits, that when we actually got the Torah from Hashem at Har Sinai, um, that we are still bound by the more general norms that preceded it. Um, it is this assumption that we'd like to, to now go on and address. Now, there are, there are kind of two things here. Firstly, there's, um, there's the, kind of the, the universal order, there's the natural law. Um, and this is pre-Brit Abraham, pre-Brit um, um, Harasinai. Um, and the idea is, is that this is kind of just a scaffolding. This is just like the outer shell, the um, uh, build-up, um, and, until the actual building itself, i.e. Torah, was given. In the same way that you put up scaffolding, then you have the Torah, but then scaffolding goes away afterwards. So too, natural law, natural law was put up for before Brit Abraham, but then once Brit Abraham came about and the actual building was there, the scaffolding should go away and that should now be um, null and void. The other approach is to say that no, Torah that the natural laws was the base and the Torah values was put on top. And therefore they're kind of superimposed on top of natural values. Both of them apply and that there should be no conflict between both of them. So it's a machloka between um, many of Russian. Um, Rav Hutner, who was one of the Rebbeim of Rav Aaron Lichtenstein, Zatel, um, quotes um, Rebbeinu Yonah um, in Brachot Daf Mem Tet Amad Aleph. Um, comparing Brit Abraham and Brit Noach, because Brit Noach is the universal one and Brit Abraham is specifically for us. Um, and he says it must be according to the verse version. It must be that the universal law is now null and void and, the, um, and only the Torah one uh, matters. How do I know this? Shabbos. Why? Because regarding Brit Noach in Bereshit um, Chet Pasuk Kaf Bet, it says, um, you should be um, sowing and harvesting, um, whether it's cold, whether it's hot, in the summer, in the winter, day and night, that you should never rest, you shall not cease. And the Gemara in Sanhedrin, Daf Nun, Chetam and Bet says, that learns from this, that it's also for a Jew to keep Shabbos without doing Malacha. A non Jew has the obligation to do Malacha every single day. 
and therefore it's actually it's it's also for somebody who isn't Jewish and to keep Shabbos without doing malacha. And there are stories I've heard of people who were um, gayrim, they're converting, um, who um, you know they came and they're bound to convert, so they're you know kind of keeping Shabbos. But they're told at some point, okay, just you know when you have the chance, go into a side room and like turn the light switch on and off. Uh, you know, um, once or twice, and then, uh, and then you're, you know, we know that you're, you're not keeping Shabbos. Like, it, it feels like you're keeping Shabbos, but, you know, just to make sure that as a non Jew, you're not um, um, doing this. So, non Jews are not allowed to, they have to do Malach on Shabbos. Meanwhile, for Jews, we know uh, it's also to do, um, um, it's also to do Malach on Shabbos. Yeah? You, can't, you can't do Malacha. So, seemingly, this is a case where the old is replacing, sorry, the new is being, re- the new is replacing the old. And Ravaron, and that's kind of the view of Rav Huna following uh, Rabbein Yana. Ravaron, however, disagrees. And he says, no, it's rather the Torah values are superimposing, they're coming in addition um, to the natural values. And how does he sort out the Shabbos situation? He says that the sanctity of Shabbos does not obligate, it does not allow the universal value of, of work. Rather, it adds an additional element to the picture, that we already have the Chiyuv to work. However, on top of that, um, Shabbos um, kind of says no. So then the question is, how do you view Matam Torah? Is Matam Torah renewing, in other, um, renewing or is it completing the, uh, or is it completing, um, the laws? So, and the Rambam in two different places seems to go both ways. So um, in one, one situation, the Rambam says that the laws of the Torah was given, um, and that were given um, were, um, it was as if there was nothing before. There's an idea, Natina Torah, Venit Chad Shahalacha that the Torah was given, brand new halacha, that the Torah was given, and that the law was renewed. Um, what does the Rambam basically say? The only reason why we keep the Sheva Mitzvot Shel Bnei Noach, you know, don't, don't kill and all these other things, isn't because, or, um, you know, all these other mitzvot that we have, that everybody has. We do, we're not keeping them because um, of what it says at the beginning of Bereshit. We're keeping them because they were re-given at Har Sinai. It's kind of a reboot, a restart. It that effectively the Torah came to completely replace Brit Noach, and the Brit Noach for us is null and void. It doesn't apply to us anymore. Meanwhile, there's also in uh, the Rambam in Malachi in Parak Halacha, rather Halacha Aleph, says no, it's actually completing the Torah. Why? Because the Torah was not the Torah was not a totally new chapter in human history. Rather, it was the pinnacle of human development. Abraham first got six out of the seven mitzvot Shabbat Noach. Noach then got the seventh, which was Eber Menachai, because Adam um, wasn't allowed to eat meat, but he was still told, um, you have to um, you bless God, you can't steal, you can't murder, you can't um, worship idols, you can't, um, um, you can't commit adultery, and you can't, um, I think I said worship idols, you can't, what have I missed? Oh, you have to set up a fair court system. Because think about it, if it was only at, no- at the time of Noach that they were told, uh, you know, after the marble, that, oh, by the way, you can't, we can't watch idols, you have to be sexually moral, etc. Then why then were they punished in the marble for stealing and for doing all these other things? Why was Cain um, punished for killing Hebel if there wasn't the Brit yet? So I know because Adam was given those first six. Once Noach was told you can now go and eat meat, he was also given the seventh, which is Eber Minachai, you can't eat... Um, you can't eat the limb of a living animal. And then Abraham got the Brit, um, got Brit Milan Shacharit. Yitzchak got Maiseh and Mincha. And Yaakov got um, the Gidon Asher, the Sa'atic nerve, along with Mariv. Avra, um, Amram, who was the father of Moshe, um, got um, various um, laws about uh, various uh, mitzvahs regarding, regarding marriage. 
Um, and then the Rambam then the Rambam then completes um, this um, his halacha by saying Ad Shabo Moshe Rabbeinu until Moshe Rabbeinu Venish um, um, Torah Al Yado and that Moshe Rabbeinu arrived and he completed um, the Torah and Hashem completed the Torah um, through him. Um, there were various stages of, of, of development as the moments were being given and Moshe was the, the, the very pinnacle of that. Um, it's not that Moshe was simply. Um, it's not that Moshe's Torah simply um, disposed of everything that preceded it, but rather it was adding to it um, as well. So then there's the question: Okay, well, can the Torah permit something that universal law forbids? What am I talking about? What's an example? So in Bereshit, Perek um, Tet um, Pasuk Vav, it says, "Shofech dam haadam, badam damo yishfech." that whoever sheds the blood of man, um, by man shall his blood shed. In other words, if a person commits murder, they, are, um, they have the death penalty, they are chayv nisa for that. However, in Shmot, um, in Mishpatim, um, in Shmot, Kaf, Aleph, um, Yudalad, it says, ish al-re'ehu, if a person, um, if, if a person um, murders um, his neighbour, um, laharog ba'amra um, meo um, 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 then that person um, is Chayav Mita. Now, because it says Al-Rehu, seemingly that implies that a Jew is only put to death if he kills another Jew. However, if a person kills another, if a, per- if a Jew kills a non-Jew, he's not Chayav Mita? So therefore, are you telling me that a person is Chayav, a person would be Chayav Mita, um, a person is not Chayav Mita for killing a non-Jew, but you are a Jew, but in the old Brits, you are? Do you understand the contradiction? So, um, in the Mechilta to uh, the Rebbe Yishmael, um, Parashat Dalad, um, Deborah Maskell, and um, Bechi Yazid, um, Isi ben, um, ben Akiva says, um, before the Torah was given, we were prohibited to murder, but now after um, the giving of the Torah, um, instead of being more stringent, now we're suddenly being more lenient? How could this possibly be? And the Gemara, the Gemara also mentions this idea a lot. Is How is it possible um, that there is anything which is permitted to the Jews, yet nonetheless is prohibited, it's forbidden for, for the non-Jews. Um, now, it could be that, uh, it, it could be um, the new abolishes the old, um, you know, there's um, only the new um, halachas are relevant to us, and since you know, murdering a non-Jew, being high meter is no longer relevant to us, therefore that's, therefore, um, that's how that works. Um, but in terms of the content, um, the, the, the new Britain must be, surely should be more demanding for us um, than the old one. Um, ultimately, and, and what, what Rav Aaron says, ultimately um, there aren't any Navkaminas. At the end of the day, it should be that both of these are, um, the, either way, we, we, but we have to keep both, um, and there aren't any Navkaminas, um, but there's, there, there is two ways of understanding this. Uh, how am I doing for time? Um, you know what, if you guys don't mind, if we log off, I'm going to shut down the meeting and then I'll re-upload it. Um, I'll be with you in a second.
just give everybody a second to come back. Are we missing anyone? Uh, I think Abby's. Just give him a second. Okay, talk about Derek Harris, Kalpamata Torah, and then finally um, being a mensch. So there's a very well-known phrase, Derek Harris, Kalpamata Torah, that civility precedes Torah. Now, what does exactly does this mean? So Chazal, um, in Vayikar Rabbah, um, Parak Tet, Pasuk Gimel, um, understood this in historical terms, that the Torah came 26 generations after um, the, the um, precepts of Derek Eretz, um, had already been um, affected. That ascent, that there was, um, Derek Harris was given to um, Adam Rishon, and however, um, only much later was um, Torah actually given. So it's talking historically speaking. But um, there's another meaning to the phrase as well, which refers to the logical or axiological priority. The Maral in Nitibot Torah and Nitibot Derek Eretz. Um, understand um, it in the following sense. A, a Ben Torah um, in you is built on the spiritual person in you. I'll say that again. That the Ben Torah in you is built on the spiritual person in you. If it is um, the other way around, then it's, it's, it's as if you're, you're walking on your head, so to speak. That um, one, uh, you have to, one has to come first. This is not talking about value, but um, chronology. Not in terms of what came first historically. In terms of in your personal um, progression, what you need to be doing. It's not saying that Derech Eretz is more important than Torah. But it's saying that you have to do Derech um, Eretz before you can move on to Torah. In Pirkei Avot, um, Perik um, Gimel, Pasuk Tet, um, it says, Yerato, Kodemetz, Am Lachof Matot, that a person's fear of, of Shemaim must precede his wisdom. Um, is Yerah more important or just something that comes first? And this is really discussed by the Gemara. Um, although the foundation must precede the building, um, both temporarily and also logically, um, no one would, 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 would turn around and say that the foundations of the building is more important than the building itself. The laker is the, board, is, is the building. Um, however, the foundations have to be built first. Uh, the Gemara in Shabbat stuff, Lamad Gimel Lamad Aleph, I'm in bet, sorry, um, is talking about um, a discussion that took place between uh, Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Elazar when they were they, they were sitting together. Um, and Rabbi um, Yaakov um, Baraka walked past in front of them. And one said to the other, oh, we should stand up for him. Why? Because he is a man who is Yerat um, Shemaim, Yerat Chet. He, he fears sin. He fears Hashem. And the other said, why we should stand to him? Because he's a Talmud Chacham. He's a scholar. He's a, you know, we should stand for his learning. So then the other replied to him, um, 
I tell you to, um, that he's a year outset, I'm telling you he fears sin, and you're telling me he's a scholar, you're telling me he's a Talmud Chacham. In other words, um, I'm praising the fact that he's a year outset, while you think that being a, a, a Talmud Chacham is, is greater. So seeing you from that Gemara, um, being a year outset is, is more valuable. Even if Chochmah is better, only if it is, only, even if Chochmah is better, only if it is um, rooted um, in Yira. Um, the Gemara in, um, in Tanit's Duff and um, Zayin Amadalif says, um, Chokhmah, which is not rooted in Yira, Chas um, it is not the elixir for, for life, rather it is a potion for death. That a person um, um, who has um, Chokhmah without um, Yira, it's, it does the opposite of what you would um, hope um, Chokhmah um, does. Derech Eretz comes first, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's more, more important. An um, example I'd give is that when it comes to driving, Hopefully, you put on your seatbelts or you close the door before you, you know, turn on the engine and, and, and start driving. Um, now, just because closing the door comes first doesn't necessarily make it more important to getting from, from, from A to B. It doesn't make it more essential. But it does have to come first um, chronologically. Um, finally, being a mensch and being a bentar. To be in Torah, a ben, to be a bentar, you must be a mensch. Um, keeping specific, um, keeping halachas and keeping um, laws and um, following values, um, which are both Jewish, specific to Am Yisrael, and also um, given to everybody, um, is is essential to be um, to be a ben um, As a person grows up, and also when a person is is raising children, um, you should both grow in Torah and also um, grow in universal values as well. Um, just again to clarify, when I say universal values, I don't mean oh what the non-Jews, you know, what what the secular world is saying is valuable and what's not, but rather what Yiddishkeit and what Hashem and what the Torah expects of everybody as human beings, um, as opposed to um, what Hashem expects of us as as Jews specifically. Um, and this is very true that a person you shouldn't um, you shouldn't just think okay, so you know for the next five years I'm just going to work on my midot and who I am as a person and making sure that I'm you know doing everything properly. And then afterwards I'll start learning. Afterwards I'll start keeping Shabbos. Afterwards I'll start davening. And I know you should be doing both of them um, in, in parallel, so to speak. And same when raising children, a person shouldn't say okay, so if, you know until they're ten years old I'll just bring them out to be a mensch, and then afterwards I'll you know, I'll start I'll start learning and introduce them to Shabbos and Kashrut. Well, then no, you should be teaching both of them parallel, but you can't have one without the other. So just to summarize what we covered and um, what we did today, um, Torah values can be viewed either as replacing or completing um, the universal values, but a Bain Torah must embody and personify both. Um, just uh, next week, um, what we're going to be doing is talking about um, balancing um, Talmud Torah um, versus work. Um, we're going to be talking about uh, is a Dvar Mitzvah, is it something which is uh, limited or unlimited, um, how we act with those different mitzvot, um, what's a Dvar Barashut, um, divine service via persons, profession, aspiring to Torah only, um, combining Torah with work, um, Torah and work, which is primary, um, although I think we talked a lot about that today. Um, how to allocate time between um, Torah and work, and the ideal, i.e. maximizing, uh, maximizing Torah, um, what it means to really put everything into it as, as what you have, um, and also what kind of attitude should we have towards people who work, um, and finally, um, the um, what it means to really labor and really to be Osek with Torah, to, to really push yourself in Torah. Um, so that's for that's coming up for, for next week. Um, hope you guys enjoyed. Um, any questions? Yeah, go on, Ori. You're muted, sir.
Um, okay, just for the recording, the question was um, the Torah, if the Torah, Torah values are completing or, um, or, or, or renewing the um, universal values, but aren't Torah values universal values? Is that the question? Okay, so when I refer to universal values, um, we are discussing um, the values which the Torah expects of us. Um, so both of them are Torah values. However, the difference that we're, um, that we're making is Torah, the Torah expects one thing, one level of requirement for every human being in the world. Right? The Torah expects um, everybody, whether you're um, Jewish, whether you're Muslim, it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're um, Israeli or whether you're, you're, um, you're from um, China, no matter who you are, you're expected to, um, on a cert to, to do certain things and to live a certain way. Don't murder, don't steal, etc., etc. Everybody in the world has that, has that khiv. And when we're talking about universal values, we're talking about those, those values. Um, and those are the Sheva Mitzvot, um, Shevanei Noach. However, then there's going to be a special um, type of um, a special mitzvot and special extra commandments that we have as Jews. At no point are we asking non-Jews, saying, you guys should be keeping Shabbos, you guys should be keeping kosher. Guys, if, you, you know, if, if somebody's not Jewish, and we're sure they're not Jewish, because um, a lot of people are, just don't know about it, um, you want to eat bacon? Gesundheit. Hey, you want to, you know, go drop, you want to you know, break Shabbos? Gesundheit. Hey, it doesn't make a difference. Like, honestly, it's completely, completely fine. You want to be, you know, eating, um, you know, uh, cheeseburger? Be my guest. However, as Jews, we have another requirement in a similar vein. Kohanim, for example, they have an even higher level of responsibility. They're certain, you know, they can't marry a divorcee. They can't, um, you know, they shouldn't go into a graveyard. They've got like, a, like an extra level. And then a Kohen Gadol is even more strict than that. Um, so even though we're talking about Torah values, the, we're talking about what does the Torah expect from everyone versus what does the Torah expect for Jews? Do you understand the difference? Sure. Any other questions? Baruch Shem, glad to hear you guys.